Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Welcome again to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Today's guest is an executive coach working with leaders to navigate change and unlock their true potential. He was a finance and strategy professional with experience working with some of the world's leading life sciences and biotech companies. And he managed a number of small businesses and ran a financial consulting company. It is his passion to help people through inspired purpose coaching. That's the name of his coaching system. We're going to have to learn about that today. His virtual campfire podcast, which I hope to be a guest on here pretty soon, is centered around each guest sharing his or her story that reveals their calling or gift to the world. I love that. I just, I can't wait. His next book delves into inside out transformation for people who feel like something is missing in their lives and are asking themselves, shouldn't my life feel more fulfilling than this? Well, let's see if we can answer some of those questions today. Please welcome Tony Martinetti. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for a lovely introduction and uh, making me feel so welcome here. Well, let's let's back up in the history of Tony a little bit, as we always do with our guests, and talk a little bit about your beginnings, where you came from, and how you've gotten into this whole idea of helping people through Inspired Purpose Coaching. So give us some background, Tony. Yeah. At the risk of going too far back, I will go a little, a little, I'll touch the very far back and then come back quickly. So I was the creative child who quickly was told, was told by many adults that you need to find something meaningful to do with your life. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I did a lot of the drawing, the painting, and I was really good at it. But at some point I had to find something to do that was more aligned with making money. Uh-huh. like it or not. So I decided to get into the medical field. I was a pre-med major and then eventually switched into business. I got into the field of getting into a more finance and strategy role within biotech companies and high-tech companies. And I really felt like I was in the right place at that time. I made a great career of myself for myself. And on the outside, picture of success rose the ranks, you know, be able to create a lot of great things in that time. And especially working in the biotech space where you get a chance to touch a lot of lives. I worked on some rare diseases. I worked in oncology space. I worked on some biosimilars, a lot of cool technology. Behind it all, though, I thought I was a numbers person. Hmm. But in reality, I was a people's person. (laughs) I had this this ability to to really see people deeply, and I didn't quite appreciate that. And it took me really waking up to that to see that that's where my gifts lie. So, was there a moment when you know you said I woke up? Was there a moment, or did it have open time? And then you finally, it just kind of is there was this eureka moment. Was there an event that happened that helped you do that, or was it just kind of an awareness over time? What what happened? How did Tony wake up? Yeah. I wouldn't say it was like a sharp waking up. There was a lot of moments of being nudged 
and then finally being shocked awake. The first few nudges were having some struggles with like seeing that I was working really hard at the top, you know, struggling with some depression, some burnout, and just feeling as though like, what am I working so hard for? What am I doing this for? Being pulled away from spending time with family, friends, you know, just being so singularly focused on achieving and mm. things started to rip at the seams. And before you know it, I said, well, why am I doing this to myself? I started to, to reach for answers. And the answers came from places like, well, meditation from self-help books. I probably read more self-help books than any human should. And the thing with self-help books is interesting. They're great, but you have to actually apply them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah. Knowledge without application is useless. And the other thing is really, I've also saw therapists, um, which are great. But again, you know, it's just one part of the overall picture. Though this was all still not fully revealing it. For me, the real moment came when I decided that I was sitting in a boardroom and I was having this moment where, you know, I was collecting a pretty decent size of, you know, chunk of change of salary. And I realized that I can't do that any longer. I can't be just collecting a paycheck and not do work that really is meaningful to me. And I looked around the room and I saw all these other people sitting there around this boardroom and, and they were all checked out. They're all looking at their cell phones. Nobody's really in it. And I realized that these leaders who are in this room They've lost the gift. They had a gift that was given to them to lead these people and they weren't using it. Mm. So I said to myself, I'm going to leave this room. I'm going to walk out of this room and I'm going to change the room. Somehow, some way, I'm going to change the way people lead in the world. So I did. I got up. I walked out. And I did come back because I've got some sense of wanting to not burn too many bridges, but I came back and gave my two-week notice and ended up leaving. But I made that decision without any plan that I'm going to create some way of making a change in my life and in the world mm. how leadership is done, one person at a time. Well, you know, it's it, there, there's all kinds of metaphors and stories about this, right? It's inside out. If you want to change the world, change yourself. And then you affect yeah. those around you one person at a time. And that's the essence of leadership. And leadership is a responsibility, not a position. I think I've heard that somewhere. And what you did was take control first of your life by recognizing that what you were doing, this achievement wheel, this hamster wheel that you were on, uh, is great for money making, which you were told at a young age when you were a painter, you know, doing the painting, doing the drawings, had that talent. Mm -hmm. And you listened to that. Yeah. You listen to the, as a young age, we, we often will listen to what the expectations of others are because at young age, we're thinking, well, I don't, what do I know? Right. What do I know? Okay. So at some point in our life, we sometimes wake up for most people it's in their thirties or forties. So often we call it a midlife crisis and maybe it's actually a, uh, a midlife awakening. Yes. Right. Exactly. So, and when I was thinking about this for you, I was like, okay, you went from painter to pre-med to business to executive to Tony. Yeah. So instead of a role, you know, these were all roles, right? Yeah. And you went from all these roles to Tony. 
Mm-hmm. And that was, that was your transformation. So now, so you left the boardroom in this transformation, this moment with a vision you wanted to help make, make a difference with these people. So what have you done with that? Yeah. The first thing I did at that moment was decided that I needed to do to figure out what the tools were that would allow me to dig deeper into myself, to see what gifts I had to offer. And I, at first it was about turning my back on the past and moving Mm -hmm. forward. But what I discovered as I started to dig into that next step is that it was about going in and not out yet. Mm-hmm. I had to go in and see who I was and ask the questions that most people never choose to ask. You know, who am I? What do I have to offer? Who, you know, what it is that, that I will be able to help people. And at this point, the focus is on, you know, truly the leaders in the room that's going to shift them and allow them to make an impact on the people around them. And that's where coaching came into mind. And the coaching that I sought was deep coaching to really get at the core of the feelings, the emotions, the things that were showing up for me. And it just set off this trajectory of going deeper into myself, exploring where I could go. And, and to this day, I still, I still experience that. Every time I have a conversation with a coach or with people who I coach, I'm always exploring and digging deeper into what's really, really going on for people. What have you not been saying that needs to be said? So that's where I started. Um, and I've gotten certifications along the way. I continue to add different things into my you know, tool belt, if you will. But a lot of this came from the years of experience before that has you know, informed this, but it, it is solidified by me adding into this the willingness to go deeper. Mm. Yeah. So in order to be able to understand that journey mm. to go deeper, you know, you've got to do it with yourself to be able to do it with others. You can't give what you don't have, you know, and it's, it's, you know, the old, you know, physician, you know, heal thyself, you know, you've got to be healthy. And I know it's a cliche, but the fact of the matter is if you're a doctor, you've got to be healthy in order to be able to treat others. If you're sick, you can't treat them because you can't think straight. You're not healthy. You're not able to go to work. So on and so on. In this case, it's being healthy inside yeah. so that and in leadership, we we do a very similar path where we have people write a personal mission statement that answers things like, you know, what kind of a life do I want to live? What do I want people to say about me 40 years from now when I'm on my deathbed? And, you know, if I write that down and start behaving that way as if I'm there today, I start to live a more fulfilled life like when we talk with executives, they say, well, you know, my family is really important. Okay. Yeah. So that's a value of yours. That's really terrific. How much time do you spend with your family? Well, I'm really busy. Okay. So you're not, so your family isn't important enough for you to overcome these other things. So it's important, but not that important. Mm-hmm. So to your point, it's, you know, in the coaching, I'm sure you do this with people. It's like, are you really being honest with yourself? Yeah. Of course, often the answer is no. So what are you going to do about it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I I have to also tell you I'm a certified meditation instructor with the Chopra Global, and we have four soul questions. And the very first soul question before I start to meditate, I ask the question. I don't answer the question. I just ask the question, "Who am I?" Hmm. And we go into meditation, and it it comes to me. And my favorite is the third, which is, "What is my purpose?" 
and I smile every day because I know exactly what my purpose is. It's to get rid of bad bosses, to make good bosses and great leaders with compassion and accountability. That's what we do, right? You just, you just know. Yeah. All right. So what's your purpose, Tony? What if I asked you, what are you on this earth for? What are your gifts? And what are you offering these other leaders, and these executives and helping them today? Yeah, I love that. And just, just the fact that you and I are having this conversation, I knew that we were from the same place. We're coming from the same place. For me, it's having people live a more fulfilling life and know that there's, there are options. There's not just one way to live. There's many ways and there's always possibilities. There's always hope. Yeah. And, and don't let the good opinion of others determine the life that you're going to live. Yeah. Right. Which a lot of, I mean, we do, we listen to those around us and we're growing up, the teachers, our parents, our brothers, our sisters, our friends are all telling us this is what you need to do. And, and yet as a third party, so my, you talk about being a painter and a drawer. My mother was an artist. All right. She's a famous artist up in new England. And I, I've got I've got a four by eight or six painting right in front of me right here. And I'll show it to you when we're done with the podcast. It's a beautiful painting. And she did all this stuff. I have no artistic ability whatsoever. None. I just I can't draw a stick figure without missing something. My father was a professional singer at one point when he was younger. All right. Yeah. And I played a trumpet for 10 years and I was terrible. I, I had people tell me, please do us a great gift and stop playing, stop singing and don't draw anything. Okay. So I didn't have those gifts. So I wasn't told to not do something. I was just in terms of, Oh yeah, don't, don't draw and write and paint and do those things. Cause you suck at it. Mm-hmm. I was just, you know, I just knew that wasn't for me. And also thought early on, I wasn't very creative. How wrong I have been. Yeah. When we understand our gifts and our talents and stop focusing on the negative things and the things we can't do well. We focus on the things we do well. And I always tell people this, and I'm sure you use this. Listen for the wow. Mm. It's like, wow, Tony, how do you, how do you do that? And you go, oh, I, I, I don't know. It's easy. That's a talent. That's something that somebody outside of you has recognized as a talent or a gift that we don't recognize in ourselves because we often think, well, it's easy. It can't be worth anything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and yet it might be the greatest gift you have to offer. And what I loved, what are your gifts to help others? It's about helping others. It's not just about being self aggrandizing or whatever it is, but to, how do I use my gifts to help others? So talk to me a little bit about more about what you're doing today. When you go deep, is there any, any story that you could talk about where you've helped somebody without any names, obviously, but help somebody and drawn out that gift or some examples of people that you've drawn out the gift, because what you and I look for is that sparkle in the eye. Mm. Somebody goes, Oh my God, that's it. We look for that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so powerful that that's what I live for. It's like, um, and just to explain the moment before I get into an example, it's like someone breathing deep for the first time and realizing that they have that ability to breathe and it didn't, it wasn't there before. And in meditation wise, like, you know, people go about their day, they're breathing, but they don't understand that they're not breathing deep. Yeah. So when I think of some of the examples of people who I've worked with, one person comes to mind is a person who early on in my, in my coaching journey, she was a person who 
was a co-founder of this medical device company that had this treatment for an ear dysfunction that particularly for her daughter that was, uh, she was having some trouble, uh, some, she suffered from this particular disorder and she developed uh, a device that would cure it or solve for that. And the struggle was that she wasn't sure she could be the CEO of that company. If she had the confidence and the ability to, to become that leader, because she didn't have the experience. She didn't have the, the, the know-how of how to be that person. And so one of the, the things that I, I did with her is just got her to see like what it is that is inside of her that could be unlocked, that she could explore and go deeper into to see that she has the gifts, she has the ability, and she just has to believe in herself and create that confidence and courage to move forward and to see what's possible. And it doesn't have to be this massive step where she has to take it all on at once. It's about taking the tiny steps and, um, and seeing how that all unfolds. And that was the power of it all that really seeing her evolve into that space. It was powerful. Just beautiful. Well, what I love about what you're talking about though, and I'll take back of something else you said earlier is helping people see other options when we're struggling with something and, you know, you talked about struggling in your life with, you know, certain personal struggles and depression. And I, I've been there where some, sometimes you, we have a level of depression. We don't even know we're depressed because I'm a positive guy. You know, I don't get yeah. depressed, right? I'm up. Yeah. And they go, yeah, but how come you uh, go home and pull the curtains closed and watch TV for five hours at night and don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, no reason. I'm good. I, you know, why don't you come out and have a beer with us? Nah, I don't really feel like it. You know, so there's these, these symptoms, but we don't want to even see it in ourselves. Right. Yeah. But to your point is what you said is options. It's about options. It's about baby steps. As I always talk about, it's about little tiny things that build over time. And, you know, the cliche is you don't eat the elephant, eat the elephant one bite at a time, right? So it's it's a cliche, but it's a good one to remember for people that are trying to learn something new. It's like, I can only imagine this woman's commitment and dedication for bringing something to market that solved the problem in her daughter. How much more committed could you be? Yeah. And that enthusiasm and passion for that solution will permeate the organization and whatever happens, people are going to follow her. Yeah. But also keeping in mind this pressure that, you know, what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not the person who's meant to bring this forward? What if I fail? Yeah. So, you know, I never said, what if you're not good enough? So mm-hmm. when we get there and we realize you're not good enough, there are other people that are. And hopefully the company will be big enough. We'll hire a CEO, right? We'll sell the yeah. company. We'll, we'll find somebody internal to the organization, three people that can do pieces of your job. You know, it's just option after option after option. So people don't feel like, and this is what we get to do in coaching. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm moving from coaching to consulting sometimes. And I do it all the time because of my experience. And I'm sure you do where when people are stuck, and you say, well, what other options do you have? They can't, they literally are stuck. They can't come up with any options. And in yeah. fact, in any kind of a, a mental challenge that we have, that's just kind of normal in life, whether it's de- depression or sadness or whatever, my, my good friend and mentor from many years ago, Dr. Marshall Swift, who was a clinical psychologist said, to stay mentally healthy, you need seven coping strategies. Mm. I'm like, oh, wow. And he says, yeah, sometimes just 
ignoring it. It's a coaching strategy. I'm going to ignore it for a little while. Okay. I'm going to go talk to my friends and unload all of my problems. It's a coping strategy. It's uh, his favorite for me is is his downward comparison. When you think you got it bad, just think of somebody else has got it worse and you feel better. (laughs) You know, know, so we, we, we have all of these, you know, the coping strategy for like, what are really the facts? What, I mean, is it, are some of the things I'm perseverating on that I'm so focused on? Is it really the truth? Is it really a fact? You well, no, it's really not a fact. I'm making stuff up. Coping yeah. strategies. So, to your point, for CEOs, for leaders, is looking at these challenges and asking the question: Is it real? And what resources do I have? And what options do I have? It's all about options, Tony. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. You know, and not financial options. We're not talking about here. We're talking about you know options like that you can make. In your life. Yes. Life options. That's right. Life, life options. options. Which are worth way more than most options because the stock market can decide on those options. But we can decide on life options no matter what yeah. others do. And that's the key, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So when when I talk about leadership as a responsibility, not a position, you know, and we, we were just talking about a CEO, but it's my experience. It doesn't matter what level you are in an organization. Everybody's struggling with this stuff. Yeah. Right. So in your, in your process for inspired purpose coaching, and I'm, I'm starting to get a real sense of what the meaning of that is. Mm-hmm. Inspired purpose. It's first inside, then outside. Right. Yeah. And, and helping people translate that into, into life. Do you have a, like a standard approach to where you go about this with people? Do you, if there was a couple of things that you could tell people, and if you were coaching me right now on, on inspired purpose, how would you do that? Talk to me like I'm going to be coached by Tony and uh, ask yeah. me some of your, your, your questions that would help me. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that you alluded to earlier, and I'll start with this for starters, is that I want to understand like what makes you, what lights you up, what makes you come alive. You know, what are the things that on a day-to-day basis truly get your heart pumping? And as as I often talk to people who are coming to work every day and say like, okay, well, you know, I show up, I do my job. There's clues to the things that diminish your energy and there's things that bring you energy. And I, I often think about it, you to do the research and look at the clues that are showing up. And so I'll ask people these things and say, okay, what are the, you know, start taking a journal, write down the things that are really showing up in your life right now. And through that process, let's get together and talk about those things so that we can start putting in place a roadmap of how to get more of the things that are going to light you up into your life. Inspired purpose comes from the fact that we want to create more of the things that are going to give you fulfillment and ensure that whatever it is that that is, is going to show up in your life and you're attracting more of it into your life. Whether that means that it's building a business around it, building a, a life that is crafted and designed to ensure that you're, you're integrating the right path for your life and your work. That's really where this inspired purpose comes from. It's seeing where the things in your life are, are aligning and the right things are showing up. 
So the the first part of it, so I, I kind of organizing this in my head is to, with this journal, is to become aware of those things that you're doing or thinking. Yeah. And then understanding what your purpose is and then seeing where there's alignment and where there's, where there's a mismatch. And where there's a mismatch, what are we going to do about it? What options do we have, right? So that's kind of the process. Yeah. One of the coaching tools that I do with people is get them to think about expanding their vision and narrowing the focus. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes people get to that place where they are stuck looking at the same thing over and over again. And they don't see the options. They don't see the ability to get beyond their current horizon. It's like looking at the wall and all I see is the wall. They don't see that the wall is only four feet tall. And so when you take a step back and you say, wait a minute, there's so much that's out there, so many possibilities that could excite me or that could be possible. So you step away, you expand your vision and you see the options, but then that becomes overwhelming. I'm like, I've been known as the shiny, shiny object head person in my, my life. That's what my life, my wife used to always say to me, shiny, you know, that's what yeah. I used to be like. But in some ways that's good because I see these things come out. But then what you have to do is once you've identified some options, you make choices and you say, what are the tiny bets that I can place that will allow me to move towards something they can focus on and then narrow that focus and you execute in that, in that direction, knowing that you don't have to do it all. You do one thing. I love that one thing we, in our leadership program, when we finish any part of training, we always get to the very end of it and say, okay, write the one thing you're going to do to, you know, write your personal mission statement, improve communication systems, write the one thing at the end of our three and a half day boot camp, I go, well, so now you've got like 10 things and you're going to want to go out and do those 10 things. Right. And they go, oh yeah. I says, no, one thing, go through all your one things and pick one thing. Yeah. So I, 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 I love that. And, and I, I tell people, look, if you can, if you can work on one really major thing a month, mm-hmm. one thing and make a part of your, your habits, and then do it next month and next month. And at the end of the year, you'll have nine to 11 or 12 habits. And over the course of two or three years, your life will be very, very different. Exactly. Right? So, you know, as, you, as you're, as you're talking about this, you, you mentioned about uh, energy, mm. you know, and I, I have this conversation with executives all the time. It's really not about, first of all, people talk about time management. I said, there's no such thing as time management. There's only priority management to your point, focus. All right. Mm. And energy management Absolutely. is how do we, how do we focus on our priorities and manage our energy and balance our life to that? It's, you know, to your point, sitting there in a boardroom, everybody's on their iPhones or whatever it was at the time. They're not paying attention to each other, not engaging each other. It, it's just a life that you realized in that moment, I need to do something different. And that's a feeling that's that you, you had to feel like you, your energy was being sucked. Your life was being sucked out of you at that point. You had to do something different. Yeah. 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 yeah I love this, the discussion of energy and it's, it can lose people at times because of the fact that there's an element of energy being like a little bit out there as it's a, you know, a concept that is hard to grasp. But for me, when people really dig in and understand that, it is the most the most vital way to gauge your engagement. <laughs> um, it's the best way to to think about it. It's not time. 
It's not anything else. How are you bringing yourself into a situation is all about energy. Well, you know, you know, it just, just hit me as you're talking about this is if my assignment is to start writing a journal. Yeah. Then once or twice a day, I'm going to, I'm going to, I say, Tony, I'm going to give you an assignment. Here's what I want you to do on a one to 10 scale. I want you to tell me what your level of excitement and energy are right now. Just write it. Anytime you come up with it, write the number down in your journal, six, three, five, seven, two, one, ten, 10, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, average it out. Okay, great. Keep that for seven days. Let's see where you're at. And it, it create, again, a lot of the things that you do, what I do with leadership development is it's about awareness. Yeah. Exactly. And you, you mentioned, okay. So you mentioned, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned to you, I'm a certified meditation instructor with uh, Chopra mm-hmm. global. So meditation is really important. And people always talk about this thing called mindfulness. And I love when Deepak talks about it. He goes, no, 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 it's not mindfulness. It's mind emptiness. <laughs> and, but the definition, I, I get it. But the definition of mindfulness is being in the moment, being present without judgment, just being there, being aware. Yeah. And so few of us are able to do that and being aware this journal. I love this idea. I haven't done a lot of, I've, we've done journaling with, with our leadership program, but what you do in coaching, I love it even more for people to become more and more aware and start to track their energy level at any given point in time. And then the next skill I think is track it, give it a number and then say, why, yeah. why are you at three um, for these reasons? Why am I to 10 for these reasons? Start seeing if there's any trends and what are my options? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I mean, and just to kind of like put a finer point on that is like when there are things that show up that are low on energy, there are many, many things that can happen from there. It could be that you are, there's work that can be um, given to other people that other people would be excited to do. I, I often work with teams on that is trying to see like, where can the balance be, be rebalanced on a team? so that the right people are doing the right things. And, you know, there's chances to, you know, move things around um, or do away with them. You know, like the old Eisenhower uh, uh, matrix, as they, they say, you know, that's, that's a great way to think about work. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to lose the point here about energy is there's, you know, if my, my circadian clock, my energy clock, um, will often go a little low between two and five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. That's my clock. That's my energy. There's nothing wrong with that. I was like, I'm at like a four every day at two o'clock. Unless, unless you asked earlier, what brings me joy? It's when I hit that forehand down the line winning shot in tennis. And it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. I get a smile on my face. Okay. Energy is high. But we go in, in, in trends, we go up and down and we are in this flow and it's not bad to have low energy. It just is right. Yeah. And the recognition yeah, of what that is. Non-judgment, non-judgment. And like, you know, really realizing that you're not flawed for having those moments, but it's awareness and seeing that and knowing that what is this leaving a clue of for me? Yeah. So let me ask you my final question that I ask everybody. It's my, my fun question. So if you could write Tony a note, a letter, and send it back to yourself 20, 25 years ago, mm. what advice would you give to Tony? Oh, my goodness. Don't listen to the people who are telling you that you can't do what you're doing or you can't do what you want to do. Sorry, I should say. 
because there were so many people who get you to conform Mm. to based on what they know or what they think they know about the world. That's their situation. Mm -hmm. And it's not their fault. It's just, you can't dictate your story, author your story based on someone else's story. Yeah. I love that. I I love it. I think that's uh, some advice. And if you do that as a leader, I mean, think about the power of this. You know, people mm. talk about authentic leadership all the time. All that means is be yourself. Being yourself does not mean being yourself does not mean that you're saying whatever you want to say to whomever you want to say it when you want to say it. That's not what I'm saying, because are you then showing up in accordance with your mission? And a yeah. lot of times you're not. So that's holding yourself accountable to that is very, very important in this conversation. I think I have our the name of the podcast for us today, Tony. And I want to share it on the, on the air here right now. All right, let's do it. Your first breath. Mm. Your first deep breath. Because really, when we do meditation and we do all these things, I said the one thing, the one autonomic function that we have, that we have control over is our breathing. And, and that is a breath of life. We have control over that. How many people have taken a deep breath just today? Just take a deep breath. So you know what? Let's you and I take a deep breath and end this on that today. How do, what do you think? I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today, Tony. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been powerful. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Thanks for listening to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Take care and be well. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com, S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S.com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit peterkatz.com.